1: Are you ready for rapid fire? Bring it on, baby! All right. As always, as we go through rapid fire, if you since it is mailbag night, if you have other questions, feel free to uh, to throw throw them up in the chat, and we will address them as Vince sees appropriate. Fill in the blank. It's blank that the Tennessee Titans have hired former Bengals assistant Brian Callahan as their new head coach, and Callahan worked with Notre Dame defensive coordinator Al Golden both in Cincinnati and detroit prior to that
2: it is intriguing is what i'll say i'm not it's not like worrisome or anything like that it's intriguing i also heard that there's connections to tommy reese as well so you know we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks Just but like, nobody here
1: <laughs> cares about tommy reese at this point <laughs> no well you know he's long talked gone about him
2: right? for 20 minutes but and i guess that's um, true somebody
1: cares about Tommy. somebody
2: reese. cares about him But no, I'm not worried about it by any stretch of the imagination. I haven't gotten word that he signed his extension either. So there's part of that, of course. But I'm just not that worried about it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just confident that he's coming back. He has too good of a thing at Notre Dame. He's got too good of a thing at Notre Dame, in my opinion, with what this defense could be. His stock will only rise the longer he's at Notre Dame.
1: The question is ultimately, does he want to be in college? Does he want to be... In the NFL, he got his taste of the NFL in Detroit, in Cincinnati. The fact that he can, you know, was on staffs with this guy Callahan at both stops does make it very intriguing because that's the first thing, you know, like when as these jobs get yeah. filled, the first thing you do, okay, okay, who's who's What's the new the head coach? Yeah. Who is he connected to? Right, and Absolutely. the fact that he's got a direct connection to Al Golden at two different stops, they coach together. In the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago. That sure. I mean that, that's enough to send off the alarm bells. As Andrew said, like if we're gonna talk specifically about the fact that that Callahan got the job, he says underwhelming. The ex-coach beat Tom Brady in the playoffs, nearly beat a Super Bowl champion, the Chiefs. There was a power struggle going on there in Tennessee, apparently, between you know, like the owner thought that Mike Vrabel, the former head coach, obviously, had too much power and brought in a new general manager a year ago and apparently she also wasn't happy when Vrabel went out to New England when Tennessee played out there in New England and they enshrined Vrabel into the Patriots Hall of Fame and he spoke with too much reverence apparently of the place where you know he he grew up you know in the NFL essentially and so that didn't go over you know so again like you talk about owners who want too much say over things like this is
2: this is a really like
1: yeah this is an alarm flag for me like yeah agreed like if i'm al golden i'm sitting back and Mm. i'm looking at that like the fact that the owner is going to have her way and the gm that she just hired a year ago is going to have a massive amount of say over everything so you know what the actual relationship between golden and Callahan is, I think will will ultimately go a long way. but if I'm Al golden, I'm sitting back and look at that looking at that and you're right, Vince. He's got a really good spot where he's in right now at Notre yeah. Dame. And everything he's got coming back and everything that he just did, like would I want to give that up to go into a situation that could be a really slippery slope within just you know less than a year? Basically, because look at look at other things that are going on in professional sports right now. The Milwaukee Bucks had a 30 and three record and they fired their head coach. Yeah, because they decided that they Mm -hmm. weren't a good enough defensive team. And, you know, to to win a championship, they were off to a 30 and 13 start and they fired their head coach in January. Like that's those things happen in professional sports. And I think that's something that, you know. Whether it's Al Golden or anyone else, you've got to be leery of, yeah. especially if you've got it really good
2: at the college level before making that move back again. Yeah, absolutely. Could not agree more on that. I, I just think he's got too good of a gig here. And, you know, and again, if his eyes are completely set on the NFL, then, of course, he's going to be looking. I just don't think that's the case. I, ju- I just don't. All right, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll be eating my words, and that's fine. I've done it before. I'll do it again. Yeah. and uh,
1: Andrew? You know, he says he has to think Giannis didn't like the coach. That very well may be. I thought in, he you brought know?
2: him in, though. I thought he was the reason he got the job in the first place. From I I, know, you know, I do I know. I don't but, follow the yeah, NBA enough.
1: No, and I mean, you know, just from an organizational <clears throat> standpoint. And again, this is like, I don't follow it that closely, but just hearing what, you know, has kind of been said in the last couple of days since this has happened, that the Bucks organization definitely wants to keep Giannis happy <laughs> because sure. they want to win a championship and they want not to him but they want to keep him around as long yeah. as possible. You know, like going forward, he's their franchise guy. He's right. literally the best player that Milwaukee has had since Lou Alcindor
2: yeah, slash absolutely. Kareem
1: Abdul-Jabbar was there. You know, so.
2: Well, and I mean, look, they also had Doc Rivers sitting there in the wings. Like, that's not always the case either. And it sounds like they weren't going to make that move unless they knew where they were going to go. They, they, they were not without a coach for very long. Let's put it that way. So it's always nice to have that kind of guaranteed thing sitting there ready to roll when you make a move like this.
1: Well, too. and what's crazy about that is Doc Rivers was doing, you know, games on ESPN. He was the lead ESPN analyst and ESPN just got rid of Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson yeah. who had been together with Breen for years, I think Van Gundy is called like 17 NBA finals, which is a record. They got rid of them. And supposedly, at least their public reason was they thought that both of those guys wanted to get back into coaching. And so they didn't want the uncertainty of that. Yeah. So Whoops. they take a guy, Doc Rivers, instead to replace them. And, you know, he had just interviewed for the Phoenix Suns job before he ended up taking the job at ESPN he didn't get the Suns' job they they had to know you know they apparently they told him you know look we don't want this to be you know you're just dabbling and you're going to take the first coaching job you get well here That's they are right. here mid-season, we go and they're without their lead analyst now yeah so whoops talk about a sidetrack we got we, we we went into the NBA from Al Golden
2: like who knew uh, that we would talk the NBA <laughs> for that long I blame not, Salty for all it's Not this. my favorite topic <laughs>
1: and hold open tryouts on campus due to a rash of injuries that depleted their roster. They were down to six healthy players on the Crazy. roster. That's One terrible. of the school's volleyball players is now on the basketball team as well and they have brought in some other players who were like really good, you know, like led their high schools to state championships and stuff like that but just went to TCU and just to go went it's a giant sports. school. I mean yeah. it's still a big big school, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but my question is, if something similar were to happen to Notre Dame's men's basketball team, what two Irish football players
2: would be your choice to join the basketball team? Well, Eli Raritan, I know, is a really good basketball player. Like, I I knew that right off the top of my head. So I I would have him in there in a heartbeat. You know who else I would have? And obviously, it's not going to happen because he's not really on the team anymore. I'd be posting up Joe all all day long. <laughs> just let him back boys down. Just using that country strength.
1: I don't know if you knew this, Vince. He was a high school tight end.
2: Yes, I did know that. <laughs> okay. I okay. did know he's a high school tight end.
1: No, I'm joking. Oh. That's because. Oh, okay. It's one of those storylines that you ended up hearing oh, all the time
2: yeah, toward the I end know. of the season. Yeah. You know,
1: he was a high school tight end. They yeah. turned him into a tight end when he came to Notre Dame.
2: So, yeah. I, I, Joe Alt has really good feet, and I could teach him some post moves down there if he doesn't already have them. Uh, and Eli Raritan would just be a freak. He could take it coast to coast and do all kinds of fun stuff. Those would be my two guys.
1: <laughs> I like your picks. Um, Raritan is a good one. The The only reason I wouldn't go with Raritan, you know, and I, because
2: of the knee, I get because it. Of the, yeah, no, he I
1: actually it. injured I a it. knee playing basketball in high school, you know, before he came to Notre Dame. So like, I would, like, if I was only going on basketball skill, and it, the fact that he has size and athleticism and everything else, I would definitely do it. But I, but just for that reason, you know, like, because of the injury history, sure, I would I get not it. take Eli Raritan. Salty's favorite guy, the great one, was a really good high school basketball player. That doesn't so surprise me. I know that it, that uh, they were uh, a Texas runner-up when mm. he was a sophomore in high school. And I mean, you look at at him, you know, like you figure he's a guy who can probably jump out of the gym and oh, you yeah. know, do a lot of different things. So I would go with him. Jason Anye played in high school as well, and like you talk about posting up, you know, like oh, six yeah. four jason onye and he'd have a little attitude as well like he would be horns down like if they were playing texas he would be horns down he all would day be
2: horns down <laughs>
1: that's right that's and he great. would be chirping all oh, the whole time horns down he would that's just entertain
2: right. me as a coach and i would that's like right. that just entertain me man <laughs> D-
1: dk said salerno uh mr 2.0 said ethan long and deuce not a not a bad one Oh, Bryce. Bryce says Marcus Freeman and Al Golden. See if the old folks.
2: Hey, bookstore. Okay. Bookstore. Yeah. Come Wagner, on now.
1: These two I thought about as well, actually. USMA 87 says Emil Wagner. He does have very long arms. And, you know, he's not like, I mean, obviously he needs to put on a little bit more weight, you know, to play the offensive line. Botello in the paint is someone that I thought Botello's about. Botello's athletic. A good
2: one more. Yeah. but Botello but, but is very, very athletic. Uh, I, I would imagine he'd probably be able to do some things. As uh, like a stretch forward kind of a guy, I could right. see that.
1: Right. Good suggestions, though. I like those. Let of good athlete, you know, like I, I, like Riley Leonard, you know. Would but would you want your quarterback out there?
2: Yeah, I just don't basketball because he was a basketball player, wasn't he? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I again, somebody said that you know the Notre Dame team is good on defense. They're good at rebounding. They just can't score. You got to yeah. find some guys could put it in the hoop. Yeah because Anya
1: i mean he would yeah oh Anya
2: yeah it. i like <laughs> it can rebound <laughs> nah, i bet he could too
1: so fill in the blank the school that will benefit the most from nick saban's retirement
2: is blank this one was tough for me because do you look at like the sec what direction do you like my first thought was like auburn like they they've got to benefit from this somehow being in the same state you know maybe make some recruiting pushes You know, that kind of a thing. So, like, that was my – that was one of my first thoughts. And then I was thinking, okay, nationally, you know, Alabama's always in the Final Four, right? Right. So, who's going to, like, take that spot? Who's going to take that mantle away? Georgia doesn't need that. Georgia was already beating the crap out of Alabama. So, they're not going to benefit necessarily from Alabama. So, that that one was a no for me. So, it's like, it could be Notre Dame. Like, I think Notre Dame could really benefit from – Nick Saban not being at Alabama anymore. I think that's actually a legitimate answer because it's one less, you know, power that Notre Dame has to leapfrog to get into that elite category. So I, you know, you could talk about an Ohio state, you could talk about a Notre Dame, you know, in that neighborhood like that. Um, But yeah, Auburn, Notre Dame, I think those would be my two.
1: So, We'll get to the Harbaugh news here in just a second. Everyone's telling us about it in the chat right now. Harbaugh to the Chargers, apparently. I mean, is we official. All that so was we'll get to that here in just a second. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Let's finish this one. I agree. You know, like some of the some of the schools that you mentioned, I think everyone's going to benefit a lot because <laughs> because you're not going to have nearly the collection of five stars heading to Tuscaloosa. I don't think. I mean, this is going to be Kalen DeBoer's first biggest. Challenge. Oh, yeah, it, because like if there was a knock on DeBoer at Washington, it's that you know the re, you know, the recruit like it's not that he was a horrible recruiter, but they definitely were not recruiting at an elite level. They did really well with the transfer portal. They had a good collection of veterans who are still around up there at Washington that he was able to capitalize on. Can he get down there and recruit? And he obviously lost a lot of guys early. So I think a lot of schools are going to benefit. Auburn, I think, is one of them. I agree with John though on this one. I think it's going to be LSU specifically one because they play each other every year. Two, why did Brian Kelly go to LSU? Easier to recruit, right? Well, who made it I think hardest for Brian Kelly to recruit his own state the last couple of years? Nick Saban. You know, Nick true. Saban was raiding Louisiana. So I think I think it's going to give uh Brian Kelly and LSU a much better chance to Keep those those uh, homegrown guys Ugh. on the bayou. Don't yeah. worry.
2: There's still going to be plenty of late-game situations for them to screw up. It'll <laughs> yes. still happen.
1: Yes. All right, so let's do Jim Harbaugh. Adam Schefter has it here. Breaking Jim Harbaugh leaving to Michigan to accept the head coaching job with the Los Angeles Chargers. Sources tell ESPN Chargers get their man, while the national champions now have a head coach opening. So what do you think, Vince? It is done now. Jim Harbaugh, after winning a national championship, turning down his alma mater, could have become the <clears throat> could have become the highest paid college football coach in the history of everything going back to the NFL. Well,
2: I heard he's getting paid twelve and a half million dollars to coach twelve and a half million dollars a year to coach chargers. So it's not like he took a step down in the pay grade area right? not by any means so look we all knew he wasn't going to be coaching at michigan next year okay <coughs> you can say a lot of things about jim harbaugh he's not an idiot okay and that you can you can apply that to the fact that he definitely knew what was going on at michigan okay he's not an idiot and he also knows what's coming down the line at michigan he's not an idiot He's leaving. Okay. So he won his national championship and he's out the door. Like there's no chance he was coming back to coach at Michigan. And if anybody thought there was even a a modicum of a chance that he was going to come back, JJ McCarthy declaring for the NFL draft should have told you, why are you even thinking that way? Yeah. Because he was out too. So there was no chance he was coming back to Michigan. It was always going to be the Chargers. They were just trying to figure out the contract. So not at all surprised in any way, shape, or form. Now I'm just interested to see how bad the hammer is going to come down on Michigan at some point and what that all means.
1: I think it will. As Joe said, pulling a Pete Carroll, getting getting out of town. Exactly what he did. And now... All those things are true. And he is, you know, the timing is perfect because his stock was never going to be as as a head coach at Michigan, as hot as it is right now. He just finished an undefeated season, won a national championship. We know that he's, you know, he's, he's dipped his toe in the NFL waters the last couple of years. He wanted to go to the NFL, but the NFL didn't want him, you know, and so he stuck around at Michigan. So I th- I definitely agree with the getting out, you know, in front of the police, <laughs> basically. Right. Because they there, Michigan is 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 going to have some kind of sanctions coming yes. their way. Again, go back to that, you know, like Michigan was, you know, had their whole lawsuit, you know, packed up, ready to go back before the playoffs and all that stuff, right. and they right. and they dropped it because the NCAA said here's what we got. And they are like, Oh,
2: really? Okay. Jim, you just serve your suspension right. that the big 10 and let's pray you can go you. win the, the, win the title, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And can we just appreciate what, like how historic these last few weeks have been though on the coaching front from Nick Saban, retiring to Bill Belichick getting, you know, sort of unceremoniously shown the door, both of them on the market at the same time. And in the meantime, the Falcons and Chargers both tweeting out, hey, we're interviewing Jim Harbaugh. We're interviewing Bill Belichick. And now Harbaugh leaves the national championship and he's going back to the NFL again. Right? And, you know, look, again, like this is a guy who's had success in the NFL. He's been to a Super Bowl before with the 49ers. And, you know, his whole coaching career started – in San, you know, he's not in San Diego anymore, but he's still in Southern California. But it started in San Diego, and he worked his way up. So it's it's not a shock by any means. I think it was just a matter of was an NFL team going to be willing to pull the trigger slash What was the money going to be? Right. And here he is, and I have no I, I have no doubt he's going to be successful. I said last oh, week. Oh, too. I said last week. You know, like you can. Talk about Jim Harbaugh and all his eccentricities and, you know, everything else. But the guy is a hell of a football coach. He knows what he's doing. He's going to bring toughness to your team. You know, uh, there's a reason Michigan was in the playoff three straight years and they beat Ohio State three straight years. I wish Jerry Jones would have had the stones to step up and get rid of, you know, a a poser and, and went after Jim Harbaugh himself. But that didn't happen. Oof, oof.
2: I would have loved to see Jim Harbaugh be the head coach of the Cowboys. Hey man,
1: I lived with I lived with Jimmy Jones or Jimmy Johnson rather. And this is true. Three Super Bowls later, you know, I I may not have been happy the day that it happened, but three Super Bowls
2: later, I was not crying. Those are (laughs) I get it. I get it. And and he is a successful coach every place he's been. Every stop he's been, he's been successful.
1: And he's getting a really good quarterback.
2: Yes. yeah he's and they'll he's have one really hell of a have one hell of a backup in J.J McCarthy too you just mm-hmm. watch
1: so there's been a lot of smoke about Brian Kelly <laughs> attached <laughs> to Michigan you know if and when Harbaugh would leave and so now Harbaugh is gone. so would Kelly be your pick to take over Michigan? Uh, you know if, I know you're not a BK
2: guy if I was like, Michigan, I would probably make a run at him, but I don't think Kelly's dumb enough to take that job. I really don't because of what's coming down the pike. Everybody and their brother knows that there's gonna be issues at see, Michigan. I don't
1: I don't think there'll be I don't think there's gonna be like any any like I think whatever happens, it's gonna be like vacated wins and that kind of stuff. You know, like I don't
2: Yeah. We'll see. And to answer I mean, the we'll question, I,
1: I think somebody brought this up yesterday. Like, no, Harbaugh's not gonna have to pay any price for whatever does happen
2: at Michigan. But go ahead, answer the answer Well, the, I mean question what they did to USC was was pretty not it was obviously it wasn't the death penalty but they went through a decade of issues you know after Pete Carroll left right a decade plus almost two decades right and I'm not saying it could be that bad but if they start taking some scholarships away just the reputation alone will be damaged so I don't know I guess I'm just curious to see Kind of which direction they go but if i'm michigan i'm gonna make a run at all the top coaches i mean that's what i would do and and brian kelly is one of those guys there's no doubt but i agree with mr 2.0 as well yeah that right now lsu's a better job than michigan right
1: it is completely agree i completely agree with that
2: brian kelly would also be stepping into the shoes of jim harbaugh and they just won a national championship so it's national championship or bust And Michigan hasn't won a national championship since 1997. Yeah. Before last year. So good luck.
1: I would have to give very serious consideration to Sharon Moore. The way Moore—that's the easiest move, right? He's basically—it's in-house Michigan's version of David Shaw <clears throat> at Stanford. Right. When when Harbaugh left Stanford, right? You just you know look. Shaw kept it going for a few. You know, obviously at the end it it fell off. You know, they you know the slipper kind of came off there, and they realized, oh, we're Stanford. You know, like it's. I think it would be different at Michigan, but they essentially have their guy, and like. He knows the the culture of that right. place, you, you know, like the whole thing. He's run the team for a handful of games because of Harbaugh's suspension. Yeah. So they've got proof that he can, you know, it's like right he there. did it against Ohio State, you know. So, he, like, he's already won big games for them. That's, that's the direction I would go. I would just stay in-house right. and go that direction and
2: not mess with anything else. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I would still take a run at coaches. I would. And then he would be my fallback position because guess what? He's not going anywhere and he's he'll wait for me to decide whether I want him as my head coach. Like he's my fallback position. If I'm Michigan, he just is. And you know, he's going to have to probably pay for some public speaking classes and how to talk on a live mic and, things of that nature. But other, <laughs> other than that, he I calmed think he's
1: down. The, he calmed down by the third game that he coached. Yes, he did. To no, he he so. definitely
2: did. But no, I think he would. He, I love you. I love you. He's the easy choice. He's the safe choice. He's the guy that you know is going to say yes. Right. And they're going to need somebody to get him through whatever's coming down the line. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's something big. I don't know but I also think there's all going to be a mass exodus on their roster as well at this point. Yeah. yeah.
1: Ray says, look what happened with Shaw. Not good for S. Est- I I mean, but again, well, they were was, pretty
2: successful there for a while. Was, after yeah. Like Armael they actually
1: left. peaked with Shaw. Yeah, and then yeah. it came down again. It's Stanford compared to Michigan, you know, like, he would have had a better chance of keeping that thing going had he been at Michigan and not Stanford because Stanford right. is still, you know, academics and you know everything that Notre Dame goes through
2: to another level. And and now, Michigan is a high academic school too. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've got all that going on and, and all of that, but um, really it's going to come down to whatever the NCAA decides to do. What is it going to be, itty-bitty or bigger? I, I, I just don't know the answer to that.
1: Right, right. Vince, we've talked a lot about players opting out of bowl games, basically becoming a status symbol for the players. Which do you think is the bigger status symbol? Players opting out of the bowl games or players enrolling early Hmm. in college, leaving high school to
2: enroll early at college? Because of the way you worded the question and said status symbol, it's still opting out of the bowl. Like, I still feel like that's the status symbol. That's, That's the... The opting out thing is the ultimate flex for these kids. You know, I'm I I can't get hurt. I can't get hurt. Right. Like I can't go. I can't play. And the the enrolling early is like the norm. Now you're 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 weird if you stay in school in high school. Like that's the weird thing. Like Carson Hobbs, you know, he's been on our show a bunch of times on, our, on Irish Breakdown and all that. He uh, he's staying in school because his high school doesn't allow for early graduates. And that's like the whoa, really? Like that's whoa. Ten years ago, that is normal. You know what I mean? And so, I don't think it's a flex anymore. I don't think it's the the flex that that it used to be. No,
1: I agree. I'm. I think that it is definitely the opt out thing is the flip because there's actually some benefit in enrolling early. Like guys come in, one they get a head start academically, but also obviously they get a head start. On their off-season conditioning, you know, like they get essentially what, like eight months or seven months before training camp starts to physically, like, work with college strength and conditioning coaches and that kind of thing, and build their bodies up, you know. And then obviously they get to go through spring practice as well. So there's a huge actual benefit. Whereas the opt-out thing, I definitely think, is much more of a status symbol. It's like, well, I'm going to the draft. I'm going to be a fifth-round pick, so I'm going to opt out of this bowl game you know, because that's, that's the cool thing to do. I'm curious though. You said, because of the way I worded the question, that's your answer. Is there a different direction? Like if, if I had gone, like worded it differently.
2: I don't think so. I just, you know, the, just like the status symbol part of it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like the it just like immediately took me to the opt out because it's like the look at me, look at me. Right. I don't think enrolling early is a look at me scenario anymore. Gotcha. That's why, that's what I meant.
1: I agree. D-Troll Hunter said they reported earlier today that Harbaugh was taking his whole staff with him to L.A. Well,
2: I mean, we'll, we'll see. He's not going to take his whole staff. I bet you Kyle yeah, Stallions it, isn't going.
1: And you know, and it's going to depend. Like if if Moore or any other guy currently on the staff at Michigan, you know, gets the head, you know, gets the head coaching job there at Michigan, then that could change things. Like you know, does Sharon Moore want to go? remain an assistant coach or right. if he Does he a want to chance, be the head coach? A head coach
2: at Michigan would he take it I think he would
1: I think he would take the head coaching job
2: why would you not that's it that's what I would do in a heartbeat but why-
1: this is obviously you know this is something that's going to have to be looked at now because they're they're you know Harbaugh leaving just because just like with Nick Saban there's going to be a ripple effect you know just Absolutely. look at, at the ripple that Saban had DeBoer goes from Washington to Alabama Jed Fish goes from Arizona to Washington. And, you know, now you're going to have, you know, somebody else I'm not even sure who ended up at getting the Arizona job or if they've even hired somebody yet a little, a little lower profile, the Arizona job than these others, but there's going to be a ripple effect now at Michigan as well, especially if they do go outside, you know, if they stay internally, then you'll probably have close to, you know, like a 50 50 guys going and and staying and stuff like that. But otherwise there's, you know, just going to be, more job openings. Let's just
2: let's just start the Mike Elston for head coach. Uh there you room, go. I mean, that's right now.
1: That's an interesting one as mm-hmm. well because you know, Mike Elston, after all those years here at Notre Dame, goes up there to his alma mater, helps him win a national championship after being up there the the last couple of years, but now he's leaving. Does he want to go live in Los Angeles? You know, I know the weather's no better chance. in Los
2: Angeles than Ann Arbor, but no chance. Because I'm
1: he was very content to stay here in South Bend before this opportunity came up at Michigan,
2: and I I thought that he was commuting for a long time as well. Uh, because he was his family's very happy here, yeah. You think if a family's happy here, they're going to be happy there in LA? I I just don't see the Elstons being happy in LA. I'm sorry, I just don't see it. So,
1: I agree, but where he ends up is going to be.
2: It'll be very interesting to see yeah. Mike Elson can get a job just about anywhere. And the only way place he would leave Notre Dame for would be Michigan. I wouldn't be surprised if he just stays at Michigan. Well,
1: especially if Sharon Moore
2: well, were to become yeah. the head
1: coach using that as an example. And you know, he might right. have a really good chance of becoming the defensive coordinator right. as well. Absolutely. Which is another thing that, you know, he's obviously yep. wanted to, to do to be for a long time. Right. Very good one from John. Connor Stallions will be on Jim Harbaugh's staff. I would I would wager a lot of money that he'll be on that Chargers staff.
2: Inside. I would imagine that would be the case as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, for one thing, in the NFL, you, can do advanced, you scouting, well, please. advanced scouting is legal. That's right. Yes.
2: Can't film their own practices, Patriots. But there's a lot of <laughs> other things you can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Michael Mahoney, thanks for the super chat. Is it time to move Wagner? To the defensive line. What do you think of that,
2: Vince? Well, no, because they have no depth at tackle right now. So, no, it is not time to move anybody that plays tackle to the defensive line. Number one, they would never play because the defensive line actually has good depth. Number two, the offensive line doesn't have depth at tackle. They need him there. And last time I checked, he's competing for a starting job still. Yeah. So, no, it's not time to move him to the defensive line at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at, like, his body
2: type he's
1: definitely twitchier and a bit leaner than the rest of those offensive linemen, but you're absolutely right. You can't just send uh, one of your tackles the guy who was the number two tackle for most of the right. season over, you know, the, the biggest thing with him is he just needs to consume 10, literally 10,000 calories a day, you know, and, and continue that, that weight room. I'll be curious to see what uh, Lando is able to do with him but no i would move him to the defensive line either because of of what you said and and they're doing pretty well recruiting on the defensive line as well yeah yeah they just
2: they don't have the numbers to be moving guys like that because if you're going to move in defensive line you might as well just cut him not even have him on the team at all yeah because he's not it's not going to work out on defense there are so many guys that are better than him as a defensive player than he is as an offensive player So no, they're not going to move him to defense. I do not see that happening.
1: DK says he could eat pizza every day and gain forty pounds in a month. I could probably do it in a week and a half. I was going to say I I could do it a
2: lot every day quicker than that. (laughs) (laughs) But Emil Wagner has the frame to put on forty pounds pretty easily. I would, I would think. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And that's the thing. He just needs to do it now because that's you know you because Michael is absolutely right. He's got to be more than two hundred and eighty pounds playing out there. At tackle, he's got to get sure he's got to get up to around 300 pounds, but he's got no.
2: sophomore eligibility going into 24. Yeah, guys, sophomore eligibility. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater just yet. Concur,
1: Vince. Fill in the blank. It's blank that after reportedly interviewing Cliff Kingsbury for their offensive coordinator vacancy, the Chicago Bears. Have hired former Seahawks offensive coordinator Shane Waldron to fill that position.
2: I think it's hilarious. And I am happy that they didn't hire Cliff because that meant it was probably inevitable that they were going to bring in Caleb Williams. So there are other people
1: who who think that it's inevitable that they're going to bring in Caleb Williams because well, of
2: Waldron as well. See, there so, you go. I look any whatever move they make that keeps him off the Bears roster, and I don't care if that means mediocrity for the Bears for the next 20 years. I am willing to take that sacrifice. I just don't like the kid, and I don't like where he came from. I don't like his attitude. I don't want him part of the team that I root for. <laughs> I, 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 I'm i petty. I'll be the first one to say it. That's just the way I feel about it. And so whatever moves they need to make to keep him someplace else, I'm all for it. I, I just – I don't know. I, I've just decided I don't want him coming to the Bears, and so – you know, do whatever you got to do, people. I know.
1: I know. You can't get past your USC. I can't. Date, you know, Look, still. I'm already
2: rooting for it. Justin Fields, who went to Ohio State. <laughs> I mean, why don't you just take my firstborn, too? It's fair. It's fair.
1: All fair. All fair. I think with Waldron, like he's not nearly as sexy a name as Cliff Kingsbury, but Geno Smith was pretty much Uh looked at as, you know, a washed up has been before he went to Seattle. And, you know, yeah, a bit of, you know, he wasn't a first round pick. He was a second round pick, but you know, he'd been around, I think it's like 10, 12 years. He's been around now at this point, the last two years that he had in Seattle with Waldron are the best of his career. He threw for over 4,300 yards and 30 touchdowns last year and over 3,600 yards and 20 touchdowns this season. So the touchdowns down a little bit, but it's better than anything Russell Wilson has done in the last three years. And that, you know, again, that's with Waldron as his offensive coordinator. So I, you know, again, it's like, you can read into this, what are they going to do? You know, what does this mean for the pick and all that kind of stuff? You know, again, like Geno Smith was a reclamation project. And I don't think Justin Fields would be considered a complete reclamation project at this point, but, but at the same time, he's someone who can use someone, I think, like what Waldron did with Geno Smith? And if you go the route that you're talking about, where you trade that number one pick and you add some weapons yes. around him, offensive I think that lineman. That's, that's that's like Waldron. So, I'm, you know, again, he, he's not like a household name like Cliff Kingsbury, but he's that's got okay. a pretty good track record. So, I'll just, you know, it's like, I think the Bears are going to, like, leave us dangling forever. Oh, they will. Until we find out exactly what they're going to do with that pick.
2: Well, because they want to drive the price up, too. So, I mean, they're not – if that's what they end up doing is get rid of that first pick, right? You want to drive the price up as far as possible, so they're not going to mm-hmm. make a move, I wouldn't think, for quite a while. And I that's fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, somebody asked what my ideal draft would be. My my ideal draft is that they go get a number one receiver and they go get Joe Alt. Like, and then whatever they do after that, yeah, you know, offensive line, like, you know, you, you fill the holes and you do all the things. But that would be the two most important things to me Joe Alt all these and a number one wideout.
1: You know, I see the mocks, you know, Williams is number one because obviously there haven't been any picks, so they're putting sure. Williams at, at number one. But I'm seeing like defensive, you know, defensive linemen and stuff like that. And I realize the Bears need help all over the place, but they've gone the defensive route in the first round before, they have just. They've got a horrible track record of addressing the offensive line with first-round picks, and yeah. like if you're sitting there in the top ten and you've got a chance to get an anchor tackle, yeah. be your left tackle for the next fifteen years. I would think that that would be you know, I'm I'm with you. Like like if Joe Alt is still sitting there, oh, he would man. be the guy that I would go after
2: with that second one. Absolutely. <laughs> no, nothing would make me happier. And Joe Alt in the Bears uniform. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, he's got plenty of wear left on the tires. You know, he's only been in college for three years. He's only been an offensive lineman for three years. Mm-hmm. I love every second of it.
1: Well, we're going to wrap this up so Vince can go coalesce someplace. And- Gosh.
2: <laughs> it's just the all the talking. I, I was trying to save my syllables as much as possible today, but it's just not working. Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, I appreciate you fighting through it
2: today. Yeah, we'll see what happens tomorrow when you're not here, and it's just going to be me and Jesse. Yes. I we'll have to see what happens. Yes.
1: All right. Well, we appreciate everyone. Appreciate your questions tonight as well. Good time. As always, hit the like button before you leave. And, of course, if you're listening on your podcast platforms, subscribe, rate, review, and we will talk to you later on Ivy Nation Sports Talk.